So the headline read, 31 wild horses killed in a mass slaughter in Nevada. This is from the Associated Press, December 30th, 1998. 31 wild horses. How many love horses? I mean, how can you not? They're just such beautiful animals, right? And these horses were shot to death at close range with rifles and it was described as the worst slaughter of free-roaming horses in a decade in Nevada. 31 horses. Paul Iverson, administrator of the Nevada Division of Agriculture, said this kind of stuff is just sick. It's absolutely senseless. Some of them were shot and left to suffer for a really long period of time. The horses included several young colts and mares who were pregnant. The carnage was terrible. Sergeant Bob Towery from the sheriff's office said, I have no reason why. There's no rationale for it, he said. There's just total outrage. People are so upset, said Lydia Hammock, president of Virginia Range Wildlife Protection Association in Virginia City. These animals, she said, are magnificent and I really can't understand how somebody can do this. It's a real sicko out there. When you hear this story or others like it, how does it make you feel? Enraged? Disgusted? Angry? I mean, if you could get a hold of these people, you'd like to say a few things, right? At least say a few things. If not, shake them up just a little bit. I've always been a, an animal protector. I love animals, so I want you to understand that before I shift into the next part of this. This slaughter was believed to be the, the single biggest shooting of wild horses in Nevada since as many as 600 were killed in the mid-80s, and that was done to reduce the population. Later, it was discovered that three young men, three individuals, were the ones who were responsible for this carnage. In fact, uh, according to news sources, Merlino, Brock, and Brendel, who were Reno High School classmates, were charged in 2002 for this horrific crime. You know what they got? A misdemeanor, a couple fines, $100 community service. Needless to say, it didn't set well within that community in Nevada. They wanted more. They were angry. They, they wanted these young men to pay. Why do I bring this up? 31 horses senselessly killed. Even you were appalled. What's that have to do with today? Let me ask you this. How many human babies have been killed since Roe versus Wade? You just heard the air get sucked out of the room here over horses. And they're awesome creatures. How many? S 60 million since 1973. I just talked about 31 horses and you were aghast. Let that sink in. 60 million babies 
have been murdered, aborted, since 1973 in this country. In this country. This isn't worldwide. It's right here in the U.S. My question is, why is it that wild horses, baby seals, or large mammals like whales seem to bring more anger, more passion, more love than our little ones. And I look down and I see this little person right here. Oh my gosh, how beautiful. And I think, how many of those could have been doctors, lawyers, presidents? Maybe that's why we're having such a hard time finding a good one. You know, we're the only creature created in the image of God. (laughs) And let me just add, it doesn't matter what color his skin is. All right? Whether it's tan or black, or we call it white, but that's not even white. You know what I'm saying? It has nothing to do with that. Babies are babies. Genesis 127, God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. We are the only ones. Whales weren't created in God's image. Horses weren't as beautiful as they are. And they're coming back on them, so we know they're still around. When God created Adam and Eve, how many remember? Were they babies? They were full grown, weren't they? created in his image. So does that mean then that babies aren't important to God? What do you think? What's the Bible say? Let's go back and look at Psalms. Psalm 139, 13 to 16. You made, talking about God, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together and where? My mother's womb. So we're talking pre-born. Verse 14, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. How many can say amen to that? Your workmanship is marvelous. And back then they didn't have a clue just how intricate we were. Not a clue till we got microscopes and MRIs and all this other stuff that can see inside the body. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. And then this last verse, verse 16. You saw me before I was born. Listen to this part. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Are you catching this? Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. God has written about you before you were even born. He had a plan for you. And He knew what you were destined to become. Who are we, people? Who are we where we think we can eliminate our little ones? Again, is a baby known by God? <laughs> Absolutely. 
He knows us inside and out. In fact, the Lord keeps record of that time spent in your mother's womb. Finally, Jeremiah 1, 4-5, it talks about, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and I appointed you as my prophet, he said to Jeremiah. He knew who he was going to become before he ever came out of the gate. Before he ever went, wah, oh, wah, like this little one's doing on perfect timing. The Lord not only knows us while we're in our mother's womb, but He also has a plan for His babies even before they're born. What that says to me is babies are important to God. Then there's this little command that we like to call the Ten Commandments. How many remember those? Anybody? We used to see them on our courthouses. Some are coming down because people are offended by them. Exodus 20 and 13 says you must not murder. The New Living Testament says you must not murder. Yet what are we doing with our little ones? Notice, I wanted to put this up. It's, it's actually a definition from, uh, you, I don't know if you can see it down there, Google, the Google Dictionary, but it says murder is the unlawful premeditated killing of one human being by another. Now, I think what people try to do is they look at that unlawful part. Well, you know, when we kill a baby through abortion, it's not unlawful because we have said, we have said it's lawful. Who are we? If we make a law that says abortion isn't illegal, it isn't murder, does that change how God looks at it? Would you agree with me that murder is murder? The Bible says, I am the Lord, I don't change. Whatever is good and perfect and comes down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens, he never changes or casts a shifting shadow. When you look at the words of God, you don't have to wonder if he's going to change his mind tomorrow. It's going to be the same tomorrow as it was today. He gave us the truth. The truth doesn't change. We try to change it, but he never changes. Let me add here, if you've been through an abortion, it is not my intention at all to stand up here and beat you up. I am not here judging you. That's, that's the word of God that's between you and him. But I will say this, and I say it from my heart. If this is you and you haven't already done this, Come to Jesus. Repent of your sins. Let him lift that heavy burden up. It's not something you have to carry your whole life. He will forgive you if you put it under the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what salvation is all about. That's what the cross is all about. That's what Easter Sunday is all about. Forgiveness of our sins. No matter how horrific you think they are. God is able to forgive, but you must come to him and repent. So if that's you, ladies, even if it's a man, listen, the men have just as much a responsibility in this as the women do. And maybe you're carrying that, that weight from an abortion that you chose to follow through. Instead of doing it the right way, God's way, you chose to do it the easy way. 
I say the same to you men. Repent. Lay that at the cross and ask Him to forgive you. I personally believe this with all my heart. Some who have had the privilege of entering heaven and returning to earth have had the visions of what it's going to be like. And one of the things they hear, I hear over and over from people who've been there is that there are scads of very young souls in heaven. Who do you think they are? What's that say to you, Mom? What's that say to you, men? You're going to see that baby again. And I believe if it's under the blood, they're going to run to you and introduce themselves to you. God wants you to know there's forgiveness. But there's a better way. There's a better way. How many can say amen? I believe that the choosing should begin before having sex. Sex is intended for the wedding bed, for marriage. Babies aren't an accident if you're married. They may come unexpected, but they're not an accident. I want to ask this question, and it's going to segue into the next part of this message. Is there anything that we Christians can do to be a part of the solution for what we're seeing happen in this country today? And, and I, I don't have the answer. I, I'm going to tell you that right now. I mean, I pray. We support ministries that are trying to help people make the right decisions. And it, it's our privilege today, if she would start to come up, to have none other than Jennifer Van Rickenham. She's going to come and she's going to share from her heart. And Jennifer, amen, give her, give her a warm Mount Hope Church welcome. I'm going to let you tell them where you're from and all that good stuff. And This will add to my time, though. Oh, my goodness. How many say that's all right? Listen, you, you have your way here. Have you ever heard Jen speak before? All right, so have I, and, and I've never been disappointed, not to put pressure on you. In fact, you're one of the most amazing speakers I've ever heard. Why? Why? Because it always comes from your heart. So just, we love you. Can I get a sideway hug? Tell us what you're, tell us everything. Okay, now that might... My goodness. Um, hmm. Well, I actually wasn't uh, planning on saying anything about myself, actually. So, uh, my name's Jennifer. And I just want to let you know that um, what Pastor Norm has shared with you, and I am so grateful. I, I have asked God to never let me forget what I once used to be. Don't ever let me forget. Not to condemn, 
not so that I ever live underneath that because I want to continue to live for the one that rescued me. And so in God's grace, um, I, I um, will get to see my son someday. But I also know the weight of what God's power can do. And every day as the director of New Life Pregnancy Resource Center, when I put on that little name tag <laughs> that I have to wear, I sit in my office and I just sometimes, believe it or not, I'm like, Lord, I just adore you because I know that I am a flat-out miracle of your grace, that everything that the enemy meant for evil, you now took that woman, the ones that people critique and judge and believe they are beyond the reach of God's grace, and you have, by his power, changed me into someone who is fighting for the literal lives of everybody that he rescued me from. And I know he can, because I live. And so I ask him desperately to keep me out of the way and let me just, I tell the ladies at the ministry, girls, we might be giving away things and we might be loving doing it, but we are going to love these people with the love of Jesus Christ. That is why we are a ministry. So, <laughs> that's who I am. Um, it, but what I, I could not understand, well, anyway, I'm not going to, God told me not to do that, like to excuse this. He told me to just say it. So I'm going to do that. Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Come unto me, all you who are thirsty. Come, and I will give you rest for your souls. I am the bread of life. I sustain everything. I sustain everyone who comes to me who hungers and believes in me. Come, eat, drink, and be filled. I am the one that delivers, who offers hope and redemption. I am the one who empowers you now to dream, to imagine with me that you can do immeasurably more than anything that you could ever hope for or imagine. And why? Because you are in Christ Jesus. It's amazing. This is not our imagination, right? This is not just an idea, but this is reality in the kingdom of heaven. We now are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus, who has brought us out of the kingdom of darkness and has placed us into the kingdom, a new kingdom, a kingdom of light, the kingdom of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Once we were not a people, while we were yet sinners. We were not a people. 
But now we are a royal priesthood. We get to live, get to live, to reflect God's glory to this world. We get to be changed into the image of his son, Jesus. We get to bear fruit, showing ourselves to be his disciples. That is what brings glory to our Father in heaven. Not just a matter of speech, but of power by the Spirit of the living God. The majority of what was just shared, I believe, was totally a proclamation from our Father. It was the Word of God. And in it we rejoice, right? In it, we know our spirits come to life and, and we get excited. And that's what the Word of God is called to do. We know. It, it, it comes into us. It encourages us. And we know that we are His. And He tells us to rejoice in that. Encourage yourself in the Word of God, in His truths. There are also many other verses within the Bible in his word, that give us marching orders, so to speak. The reasons of why he has called us to himself. We can all, we quote, and I believe there's an over-familiarity with God's word, me included. And he's taken me back in a new way. And things are popping into my life. And I'm like, whoa, right? Because I grew familiar with him. We know that the word of God is summed up in two. Love him with everything. Everything you are. And love your neighbor as yourself. I am totally ecstatic, because I don't know about any of you, but I fight me, myself, and I. I drive me nuts sometimes, right? I don't want to live for me. I, I mean that with every drop in me. I don't want to live for me. I know who I was within me. And I know that aside from him rescuing me, I believe I would not be enjoying the light of every day. And so I don't want me. Me is nothing. I want to live for Jesus. And I love how he removes us from the purpose. <laughs> he actually makes it easy on us, except we like to live for self, right? That flesh is always warring at us. But he says, love me. And guess what he'll do by loving him with everything? You'll become changed like Jesus. And then guess what happens? You're not going to care about yourself. Self is going to drive you crazy too. Because it's the opposite of God's will for mankind. Through us. And I love him for making it easier for me. For us. And the joy of this is we now have kingdom purposes. Oh my goodness. We now have kingdom purposes. We now, according to God's word, can literally walk like Jesus did. We're expected to. Isn't that a joy? It, it's a joy for me. And most of the time, 
Unless I'm feeling I want to think about myself, then it's not a joy, right? But we get to walk in complete love, humility, and sacrifice for everybody else. That's why we live. It should be. Jesus died for all while, I love it, while we were all yet sinners. Oh, I love that too about him. Because I don't know, we've got a little bit of thought here. Well, this is really bad. Oh, do you know that she lives like this though? Oh, but did you see what he did and what? Oh, he just says, I'm just going to level the playing field. While you're all yet sinners, I died for you. Pretty easy. No self-righteousness in any of that. Amen? Amen. Jesus said to the Pharisees, to the ones that thought they knew something about him, and yet they didn't recognize the Son of God amongst them, he said, it is not the well that need the physician. Because they were rebuking the Son of God because he was with the sinners. He was with those that were doing bad things. And he said, it's not the well that need me. It is the sick. And over and over, he spoke that and he lived that. He had compassion on the crowds of people. I love it because that's what he did for me. He was walking with his followers. He was teaching them daily. And he walked into the towns and the cities and the synagogues and he was teaching, teaching daily. And, and he was looking at all those crowds of people and it said that he had compassion on them. He, because why? They were helpless and harassed. They were sheep without the shepherd. The heart of Jesus did not look at them and say, well, you made those choices. I mean... This is, this is why my father sent me. You want to choose him or this over me? Hmm. Right? It's not my responsibility to take care of your problems. No. He had compassion. Because he knew why he had come. They were helpless. They were harassed. They were without him. And so they were living in ways that describe those sheep without him just like we once were. And I think sometimes we forget that. We forget what we once were. And it makes it very easy to be critical and to believe that somehow we're not to help certain kinds of people in their problems. And that's not the heart of God. Or I wouldn't be here. I would not be here. When he looked at his disciples, he turned to them. He didn't rebuke the darkness. He didn't insult the darkness. He didn't have a problem with the darkness. He wasn't shocked by the darkness and how evil the darkness are and all those evil groupings. He looked to his disciples, those saying they were following him, and he said, the harvest is plentiful. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So pray to the Father of the harvest that he would send workers into his harvest. That's the heart of God for those that are bound, those that are sick, those that are captive, those that are oppressed by the enemy, those that are making those bad, wrong choices. They don't know what they're doing. 
Their father has blinded them so they can't even receive the truth and the light of the gospel unless God allows them in mercy. That is the depth of humanity separated from the life of God. So what should we expect them to be doing? Everywhere Jesus went, lives were changed. Everywhere. And the list, we marvel. You probably got some good-fashioned Bible stories popping into your mind of interactions that Christ had with humanity, right? And we marvel at his love and at his compassion, right, for, for people, how gentle he was, how kind he was. And oh, yes, how many of us know about the long suffering of Jesus, his patience towards us, right? And we marvel. What I marvel at the most is that the joy set before him was enduring the cross for sinners, for us. Because he was on a mission from the Father. Redeem the people. Bring me back my children. Bring them back to myself. That I can know them. That I can come to them. That I can deliver them from the weight of their sin and their troubles. Let me show them myself. So now the kingdom grows. That's the joy of the kingdom. And here is the greatest part of all. As before, God wants me to remind you, we are now those who have been brought from death to life. All of us here, we are called to be ambassadors of Jesus Christ. To marvel at his love and compassion for the lost is what we're called to do. To love the unlovable, that's what we're called to do. To be patient with those still broken and keep falling back and moving forward and falling back and moving. That's who we're for. Because that's who we used to be. So we now are a part of a heavenly kingdom. A ministry of reconciliation. God making his plea to the world through us. We are all testimonies of God's grace. We're supposed to be. We all have a different story. But we all, our stories are his. He owns them. And now we're called to be that to those that are still weighted down by the enemy, by the world, by their own flesh. Once we were lost, now we are found. We were once blind, but now we see. And so I, I said to the Lord, why would you have me share this? It sounds like I'm preaching, and I just love bragging on them. I love them. I love them. I love them. I adore them. I could talk about them constantly. And it's as the director of, of this ministry, I said, God, what does this have to do? Because I think we've also grown complacent.
He's my sign. <laughs> it's a joke. I always tease him and say, honey, when you're, when you're in the, because we get to go to other churches, I'm like, just go like this. <laughs> you know, but he doesn't do it. So anyway. Okay. So I think we have grown complacent to the ministry work at New Life Pregnancy Resource Center. The ministry has been in Gaylord for 32 years 32 years, God has sustained the work. Amen. Amen. And I, I'm just, anyway, I just love him. I can't even believe he's put me here. It's just so amazing. But anyway, so we have been in Gaylord for 32 years, and I think we just get used to it, right? We don't just serve Gaylord. We serve seven counties. There are other PRCs in uh, northern Michigan. So if you picture, there's one in Petoskey, there's one in Traverse City, and there's one in West Branch, and there's one in Alpena. So in Gaylord, we are in the central area. So the counties that surround are the counties we minister life to. Um, so we are in the process. I want to say that on the table, um, there, there are our programs that we offer at the ministry, and honestly, right now, we are in the process of uh, allowing the Spirit of God to revamp, and what I mean by that is I think um, the, the people, the men, the women that we serve have grown complacent to us as well, and they're very familiar, uh, and so I'm on a, a mission to slow their lives down enough so that they have to interact with Jesus Christ in us, the hope of glory. And uh, sometimes they can come in and grab things and they earn things, and, and, but, but it has become a routine. And so I believe the Spirit is wanting to back them off a little bit so that we can interact, because otherwise how can the gospel touch anybody if we don't get intimately involved with people? So um, there is information out there. There are baby bottles out there, and that is for your change, God willing, even for your children, if you would somehow get your children involved, because this is our issue. As the church of the living God, life is our issue, right? It is. This isn't an option. And, I, and we all have different gifts, and we all have different callings, and we, that's very true, but the ministry at New Life needs your gifts. We need your giftings. Um, in my heart, I mean, right now, hopefully, within the next little bit, we're going to be getting ready to uh, renovate our existing garage into a limited obstetric ultrasound clinic to be opened up by the end of this year because there was over 300 abortions in Otsego County alone last year. Now that is just the surgical. They can now get the morning after online. And they can get those so that we, we have no way of accounting for the non-surgical. So we're doing all that we can to communicate with these moms and these dads in those moments of decision. And so hopefully and prayerfully, uh, that will be up and running. It's just a lot. Every door that opens, there's 10 more doors with that step and 10 more doors. They make it very complicated to be a nonprofit Christian organization opening up a medical clinic. So keep us in prayer if you would. Um, I also feel like in my heart there will be a time of an interceding 
and out of the doors, yes, of new life. But for like-minded people who believe that God is the God of the harvest, that God does care about the broken in our communities, and that he has something he wants to download to us. And maybe it'll be through, I believe that the ministry should never be closed. The doors should always be open, morning and night. I believe it will be a beacon of hope to this entire surrounding area of northern Michigan. That's my belief. And I doubt myself, I'll tell you, because I I'm seem to be a dreamer. But I got excited because God says, Jennifer, the only reason you dream is because I live in you. So go ahead and dream and believe that I can do immeasurably more than anything that you could ever hope for or imagine and just enjoy it. Who cares if you don't see it? Enjoy the ride. Believe that I desire to do exactly what my word says to redeem the loss to me. Believe me. And so I'm hoping one hour a week, only like-minded people. We don't seek anything for ourselves at all. We seek the Father. Father, you say the harvest is plentiful. God, we pray for workers, not rebuking the darkness. The issue of darkness is where has the light been, right? You don't go into a dark room and sweep with the broom trying to get that darkness out and then get frustrated because the dark is still dark. You go over to the wall, you turn on the light switch or you flick, light on match, do something. And isn't it amazing? I don't have an issue with the families that are served at New Life. I love them. It's why we're there. I love it. It's purpose. And so we don't just see moms that are pregnant. We don't just see moms that have had children and they need help. We are also helping dads that are in a time of need. We are also working and partnering with agencies, DHS, Wellspring Lutheran, um, United Way. I mean, we're working, we're partnering. And there's an, an understanding that we're trying to build within our community. Yeah, we might be faith-based without, without apology. I'm not going to apologize for that. But the, but the ministry, the work we do is the same work as every agency in this community. We're just driven by the Spirit of God. But, I, but we're gaining a respect, and I'm so, it's awesome. I've had uh, secular agencies coming in, and we've been talking. That's wonderful. And then they asked me about the Jesus stuff, and I literally warned them, you don't want to get me talking about Jesus. And they laugh, and they go, why? Because you might feel like you're in a church service. And they laugh, right? But sure enough, they have a church service, and then they get to be late getting back to work. I love it. But that's, but that's why we're there. Right? Not to, the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord will never allow us to over, over be overbearing about him to anybody. That is like a cop-out. It's an excuse. We are called to be ecstatic that we get to love whoever comes through those doors with the love of Jesus Christ, with every thought, with every word, and with every action. Not because of what the people might be doing, but because it's why he came plain and simple, and it's so exciting. We see women that are fleeing abusive situations. We see women and men that are homeless, that have nothing coming in. 
We see women that have experienced a time of incarceration looking for help. We experience foster relief, emergency fire relief. I mean, it's just wonderful. It's wonderful. So what am I going to encourage you to do? Well, <laughs> grab a bottle, fill your change. It's amazing what the local church body and individual donors, the baby bottle drives our unbelievable portion of the income at New Life. It's unbelievable how much your change sustains us. But I believe that in this room, because God owns you and you're born of the Spirit, there's something in you all that you're feeling that you can do. I love the woman that broke the alabaster jar of perfume and, and it was on Jesus' feet and wept and she wiped it with her hair. She was commended because she did what she could. And throughout, he says, whatever this is shared, she will be remembered because she did what she could. So are you all called to, to be the director? No. Are you called to be the staff? No. Are you called to do that? I don't know. But I would encourage you, whatever that little nudge is, whatever, honor it. Be obedient to it. Because I believe in the body of Christ, in the surrounding community, if we all did what we knew to do because the Spirit of God is leading us, the ministry work that Jesus Christ is doing in reconciling humanity to himself would never have a need. We wouldn't have one single need in that ministry. Not just financial, which is everything to keep our doors, right? God's been faithful to that work for 32 years, and he will continue as long as we uphold his name. He will continue his fight for the unborn. But this is the joy. We believe the best fight for the unborn is to introduce the parents to their Messiah, to introduce them to Jesus so that when they do that and they come from old to new, that is the best fight for life. They're not going to take the lives of their children if they love him with everything. He multiplies his kingdom work through his church. So whatever it is, I'd love to hear it. I have a desire to mentor, have mentoring programs of faithfulness. I've shared with those of you who have heard it. I had two mentors in my life who fought for me for the first three and a half years of my journey with Christ. And I'm going to tell you what, they sustained me. God used them to keep me moving forward. And it is a priceless but it's a huge sacrifice. But I am believing that God is raising up men and women that are going to be faithful to these moms and to these dads. And there's a lot of other things on my heart, but I'm going to trust him that he's already putting it out here. I'm going to trust him.
There's nothing too small. Just do what you feel you're called to do. If you're called to give, give. If you're called to pray, pray. If you're called to volunteer, let me know. If he's telling you you need to be a board member, be a board member. I've been board members before. It's like, ugh, right? We need that. We have a medical conversion team that's working diligently every month for the clinic. Bill, he's, I mean, I don't know. He's like, ooh, he's going to be helping with the construction work of the clinic. Talk to him. I don't know what he needs or what he doesn't need, and I don't know. I'm not getting the eyebrow raised, so I think I'm okay. But anyway, so there's a lot to be done. We're open Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I personally would love to see each and every one of you that are curious. 10 to 4. If not, you can call. If not, you can text. If not, you can email because my cards are out there. Whatever works for your schedule. But there's always something to do as the body of Christ to be the light and to be the salt so people can find healing and hope and deliverance and redemption. And that's what we do at New Life through the programs. I think that's it. How did I do? <laughs> Perfect. Don't, don't run away. Um, <clears throat> I, I wasn't sure how we were going to end today, and, and again, I always preface this, there's no pressure, but as I sat there, I thought, man, this is good ground. The unborn are so important to God, and what Jen and her team are doing, they're giving people a choice, a choice that they might not otherwise have. So if you would like to, we're, we're supporting them monthly through our church, uh, I believe it's $100 a month that, that we send um, can you use more? <laughs> we have an entire new budget coming. With so, the you know, wouldn't it be awesome if, if we could send her out of here today with just a pile of money? So if you would like to seed into this ministry, and you can fill out an envelope if you'd like, if you want to get credit for it, uh, if you want to put cash in it, do that, put your name on it. And then if you want to write a check, make it out to Mount Hope Church, and we will make sure everything that goes in this offering goes to them. Uh, you can put in the little box at the bottom, New Life, and, and we'll make sure that, like I said, that they get every penny that we uh, give. And guys, do you want to collect it or have them do it on the way out? I, I don't care. What would work better? Are you ready to do an offering? Yep. All right. So why don't you guys come forward, and, and Jen would... The reason I would you mind praying over this? Just pray for the people that are able to give today. No pressure, please. I, nope. This is if God puts it on your heart. He gave me a number. I I threw it in here, um, and I trust that He'll do the same. Well, Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, that uh, that pastor would be obedient to listen to you, and Lord, I pray that um, you will continue in in the stirring of hearts to give to your work and to your purpose at New Life Pregnancy Resource Center. God, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that you have placed an angel outside that door to remove the chains and the blinders that all that come 
may hear your truth about life. I pray your blessings on everybody who gives. Father, you are able to do all things and all things perfectly. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 If my leaders would come up, I know a couple of them are missing today. Uh, Brian, Colleen, would you come with them? Mary, Roger, would you come up? Barb, of course, is with the kids. How many know we love kids here? We believe that they are one of the richest investments we can make. Because if we can get them to Jesus before they're teenagers, 80% of the people that come to Christ do so before they hit. 18. So kids are good ground. And uh, just just so you know, because I, I meant to say this before, the reason we got dressed goofy, we believe that once in a while kids need to have fun, even in church. I mean, we want them to learn. We want them to hear about Jesus and the, read the Bible and all of that. And we give them that opportunity. But the first Sunday of the month is always kind of a, it's a fun day. And it makes kids want to come back the other three or four weeks when, when they're actually learning. And the next one is going to be a, a talent show. So when your kids come home and say, hey, we're having a talent show, help them to figure out what it is they can do in there a month from today. And uh, that's going to be amazing. So would you guys lay hands on this beautiful couple? And would you ex- stand with us, extend a hand, how many can really appreciate what Jen's doing, what Bill's doing? I mean, he supports this woman. And one thing I've learned, because I said this about Jen to her face, she reminds me, if we're all squirrels, she reminds me of the red squirrel. She, she's that one that her foot never stops tapping, and she's just zip, 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 zip. It's hard to keep up with her. And Brother Bill is her balance. He is. And, and yeah, and, and you know what? He loves this woman, and he cherishes what she's doing. And uh, just let's pray. Father, we thank you again for everything you're doing through the New Life Pregnancy Resource Center, Lord. You have called Jen and her team for such a time as this. We're in a dark day, but as she's so eloquently said, they're there to bring the light into the darkness. Lord, and we pray for that opportunity that it would be like two or three of those gigantic lights that you see every now and then that shine into the light, into the night. And, and they draw people in to know where to go. Let that be so with new life. Even though it's kind of in a location that nobody really knows about it, I pray you would advertise, that you would illuminate, that you would draw those in that need them the most. And whether it's for an unborn person pregnancy or maybe it's just needing encouragement Lord I know this woman I know her team and they love people and they want to be Jesus with skin on and we pray you would use them Lord in a mighty way God influence her today give her all that she needs we just pray a rich anointing for this couple in Jesus name Lord 
Bind them together with your cords of love. Even as a team, God, strengthen them in their walk. Strengthen them in their marriage, in their finances, Lord. And bless them richly for all that they do for the kingdom of God. Lord, we love each one of these people. We pray for great things to happen, miracles, signs, and wonders to follow. And Lord, we pray that when they leave here today, they would be so encouraged in the Spirit. You are with them. We are with them. And we commit them, their success, into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, We love you guys. Have a great weekend, Jesus.